Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt. With me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Fantastic. How are you? I am wonderful. If you are joining us via YouTube, then you've already seen the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Andre Edwards. Andre, how are you today? Man, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Tired. You know, because people got me up way past my bedtime, you know. I took we my got- fall complete. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hit it, but I was like, I got to stay up for these boys because we got to talk Bengals. So here I am. I, we appreciate that. And uh, before we get started, I have to say uh, today is Veterans Day. So right. we are going to dedicate this uh, this podcast to all the veterans who put their life on the line every single day for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That being said, Andre, let's jump into it, brother. You ready to talk some Cincinnati Bengals? Let's get it, son. Let's get it. So to start off, as uh, as you may or may not remember, we got a little wager going between the three of us on uh, total scores. And <laughs> yes, six and 10 was, was Andre. Adam was seven and nine. And I was eight and eight. Currently, with the most correct, the most correct right now, Adam, is a tie oh. between Andre and Adam. All right. I am currently, you guys both have gotten four games exactly right out of the All first right. eight. I have gotten three. That being said, if you take the final scores of every <laughs> game and give the Bengals five points, and give the Bengals five points, I'm killing everybody. My point, you're, my point you're being, just changed the ending of all the games. Yeah, killing it, son. My point, my point being, my point being, is it reassuring the fact that of their, uh, what are they got? Two wins of their six, five losses, plus the tie. Four have been five points or less. So. It would be reassuring, except for the fact that it just seems to be Zach Taylor's MO, right? Uh, they have one win of within that one score over the first two years of his uh, coaching tenure. So this is not new. If it was if if last year they were getting blown out, and then this year they were just losing by one score. You can really attribute that and say, hey, we're making progress. No, we're not winning. And nobody really believes in moral victories. But in the grand scheme of things, if we're just looking for progress, then you could say, okay, we went from getting blown out to just losing by one score to the next step is then to win, right? But he's he's been losing by one score since he got here. So, no, I don't take any solace in that at all really because that's just again kind of the dude that he's been since he's been here Mm -hmm. all right well what about the fact that they are two and two over the last four games (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to find something okay sure that makes me that makes me feel better (laughs) gotta get to eight and eight we got eight games and we get six wins i don't know where we're gonna get them at (laughs) if big ben don't play Big Ben don't play on Sunday, which all I'm believe- saying is you best be warming up them pipes, son. <laughs> I already.
already lost our comedy bet. It's official today. I got to do a minute of stand-up comedy with no audience live on the podcast next week. So I'm going to start the podcast off. Yep. Me, 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 me. And, and it's looking... And it's looking like my eight and eight is gonna is going well. Now we did say we did say because we're all different, so we did say that the two losers is gonna come down to who gets the most correct answers. You're losing that too. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be blunt, only got one. Only got one. All kinds of room. All kinds of room. Look, I got one, two, three. I got four losses in the last eight games. I feel good about that. Hey, I got if I get four losses in the last eight games, I went out right, so I'm good. There you go. <laughs> yes, you got five in the last day. Oh, I got yeah, you got five. I got four. All, right. all, I, all I need is four. That's right. Uh, I, I'm, right. Still, so. I'm still looking for for some hope here from you, Andre. So now Chris did mention two and two in the last four. Uh, that that seemed like a little bit of progress, but even more so. How, much, how big is it? I feel like if I'm on an NFL team, going into the bye, especially right in the middle of the season, your bye week is right in the middle, you're, you, you, you're two and two, and you beat a good team pretty convincingly and looked good in that last game going into the bye. That's got to be much – I mean, your season might turn around, I feel like, rather than going into the bye, losing to a team that's just okay or not great. Does that – do you think that propels them into having a better second half? I, I genuinely do. Um, that game was, was pivotal for the Zach Taylor era, the Zach Taylor experience, right? Because, again, I mentioned earlier already, they've had so many close games over these first two years. And he had not, previous to Tennessee, even the wins that he's had have not been against winning teams. That is the very first game that he's won versus a team with a winning record. Guys have to know and believe that they can win and, and have the opportunity to win with either the quarterback and or the coach. We know we got the quarterback. Now it's do we have the coach? And so to see the game plan playing out, especially offensively, to say, all right, I think this dude knows what he's doing. Um, that gives a ton of confidence for for a team that desperately needed just that. When you've got when you've got the locker room distractions of a Carlos Dunlap, when you've got you know uh, a couple of other voices in in there saying saying things like, "Hey, don't waste my talent, don't waste my time." You know, it's it's like, "Uh oh, what what what's happening? What's happening?" To get that win versus Tennessee was really big. So I'm going to tell you this. Darius Phillips came out with that don't waste my talent, right? Yep. The waste my talent tweet. And I can't remember who was the other one, if it was William Jackson. Somebody said. No, it was the other uh, safety, uh, Williams. Sean Williams. Williams. It said something, me too, or something like that. I can't remember how it went. But the next week, they played the Cleveland Browns. And on that minute and six last second drive, Darius Phillips got burned three times. Set on fire. Three times and gave up the touchdown. I was screaming at my TV. I don't have Twitter fingers because I'm not very good at tweeting, but I wanted to tweet right at that dude. Your talent's done been wasted. Yeah. Like, you wasted sure. it. Yeah, you wasted that yourself, son. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why – That's I don't like that getting out there ahead of yourself, start tweeting things like that, especially during a season. 
I at least I I don't know. I guess it's a good thing that he didn't tell it to a media member and then it becomes you know an unnamed team member says something about it. It's it's just as bad, but oh that irritates the hell out of me. You you have to be the one that show up. You give up three passes, minute and six, eighty yards, and the last one is a touchdown that the guy just yanks right off the top of you. I if you're gonna if you're gonna run your mouth, then you need to back it up. Damn right. That you got your chance. Because there there are plenty of people I mean like remember Keyshawn Johnson just throw me the damn ball and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like if you're going to talk, then you need to back it up. Yep. And the moment that you don't, just shut up, man. Yep. Shut up yep. Like just shut up and play ball. Because yep. you you hold no weight. Your your opinion doesn't matter anymore. Um, and it's time to move on. I agree. So, All right. On on that note, let's let's let I do I do have a question for you. So Trey Hopkins is Back practicing full today, therefore, sounds like he's going to be eligible to come back uh, first time since week six. Joe Mixon is uh, slated to possibly come back on Sunday. Outside of the Jacksonville game, Mixon hasn't been phenomenal, right? Correct. Uh, Is that partially because of Zach Taylor, partially because our line was garbage, which our line has been better the last couple weeks? That being said – Putting Mixon back in this with Trey Hopkins, probably our best offensive lineman. Our line has looked good over the last two weeks. Do we have a chance against Pittsburgh? So uh, let's be clear. The line has looked better yeah. in passing, pass blocking, right? Uh, that's all. There has not been the offense, even with Mixon out, there hasn't been the offensive explosion from a running game standpoint. They've looked better from a pass blocking standpoint. Now, also, let's note that Tennessee has a terrible pass rush and offensive line, uh, defensive line. They're terrible. They're just like offensively, they run you over. Tannehill makes some big throws here and there, but that that defensive front seven is just not good. And the Bengals played a very good game versus an inferior opponent on on the one thing that is so far been Joe Burrow's kryptonite, which is just constant pressure, right? And so if you can somehow mitigate the constant pressure, he'll find a way to pick you apart. All of that being said, do we have a chance for Pittsburgh? I would actually give us a puncher's chance. That Do I think we'll win? No, I don't. But would it completely shock me if we did? Absolutely not. Only from the standpoint of Pittsburgh – of the eight wins that they have this season, only three of them have come versus winning teams. One of which was Baltimore, who everybody has noted and has seen is, is struggling in comparison to the team that they were last year. I don't know if it's people have figured out Lamar or if Lamar is regressing a little bit or whatever, but you know there, there has been definite talk of mm, something's not quite right with, with Baltimore. Um, so of eight wins, only three have been versus versus teams with a winning record. Um, and so is some of that like, yeah, you beat the team you're supposed to beat. Look, I don't I don't make the schedule. I just beat the teams that are on it, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, cool. I mean, kudos to them for doing what they're supposed to do. But how much of a challenge have they really had? You know, they're not playing, 
you know, the Kansas cities of the world. Um, they're not playing New Orleans. They're not playing, you know, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, how good are they really? And if, 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 and this is a giant if, because again, this is the one thing that has been the kryptonite for Joe Burrow. If the Bengals can somehow take a lesson from what they did in that first game versus Baltimore, that was a terrible game plan. They just allowed free runners all over the place. They tried to block six and seven people with five, and it was just stupid. So if they can find a way to game plan around that and have and give Burrow enough time to be in it, I legitimately see, you know, the Bengals putting anywhere from 24 to 27 points on the board and losing, you know, 31 to 27, which feels about right, you know what I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but does that mean they have a chance? Yeah, absolutely they do. Yeah, the, and then beyond that Pittsburgh game, really, aside, so they play Pittsburgh twice and they play Baltimore still, but aside from those three games, I I mean, every other game the rest of the year looks very winnable, it seems like to me. I mean, that, 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 that feels like a guy who's really hoping for seven wins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe aside from the, okay, maybe aside from Miami too, that'll be probably kind of a tough game, but you got the Giants, Cowboys, Texans, Washington. I mean, I feel like, at least from what I've seen, and maybe I'm just like drinking the Joe Burrow Kool-Aid too much now, but I, I, I mean, it seems like they're, it's very realistic that they can go four and four. Yeah. No, I think, I, think, I think four and four is what you hope for at this point. Um, you know, obviously you will, you'll take anything above and beyond that, right, With, without question. But I think legitimately four and four, because I think Miami's going to be a tougher game than most people think. Um, because that defense is lights out, man. Like, it, it's lights out. And so, you know, what do you do to figure that out? And they've got some weapons on offense that can hurt us, you know, that, that can really hurt our defense. Um, that Washington game, how much do you contain that pass rush? I think, again, on paper, you should be able to compete with Washington and you should be able to beat Washington. But if they get that pass rush going – that's where the problems become, and that's where the issues are. So, and we've seen what happens with, with a guy like Lamar Jackson against the Bengals and, and Kyler Murray. I can see him just tearing the defense up using his legs. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where you're like, do we have, do we have enough to stop whatever offensively or at least mitigate whatever it is offensively that the other team has, but more so do we have enough to keep Burrow upright and slinging that ball. And so that's, that's really, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Giants are very good. I think the Bengals can absolutely beat the Giants. I don't think Dallas is very good. I think the Bengals can absolutely beat Dallas. Now it will be interesting to see who the quarterback is. Will Andy be recovered by then in order to play or not, or they have, you know, Mr. Gilbert back there slinging the ball, whoever, I don't know. Um, but I think offensively we have enough to to beat those teams. Houston will be interesting. Where are they mentally at that point in time? Are they in the thick of things? Um, you know that that that's an interesting game to to watch because Deshaun Watson is still a beast, man. Like I don't, it, 
they've tried to do everything to destroy that dude and give away Hopkins and all these other things. But, um, you know, he, he's still a legit, you know, top 10 QB in this league. So how do, how do they, how do they handle that? But, um, you know, it's eight, there, there are eight games left. I'd be real happy with four and four. I'd be real cool with five and three. I'd be shocked at anything beyond that though. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably where everybody's at or, or most people. And I think most people are really high on what they've seen from Joe Burrow. Would you, would you say? Oh yeah. So, so I think it's easy to talk about how great he's been because he has been really good. Um, what do you want to see him do better? What can he improve upon in the second half of the season uh, going forward? So I think for me, like I've said a couple of times already, like the teams that really, really pressure him, he has – He, I mean, you, you look at that Baltimore game. You look at the first Cleveland game where Miles Garrett just took over and, and destroyed the offensive line. Now – Unfortunately for Joe, you can't block and pass and catch and, and, and everything, right? But that means we have to adjust. And that means, you know, I've got to know when to get rid of the ball, when to try and make some sort of spectacular play, when to know that, man, this defensive end, like I run a 4-5, he runs a 4-5-5. Five, five, like, <laughs> yeah, he might be able to catch me. I should probably just throw this away, right? And so um, there's not much. That, that he needs to improve upon. But, um, you know, knowing when to get rid of the ball, knowing when to not take a hit, um, and, and knowing when to live for another day is probably probably where, where, where I would lean the most. When to not take a hit. That is – I was watching a video, and it had him uh, mic'd up, and – it was like three straight games of him saying, I know, I know, I need to figure out when to go down. And there's a referee that says, hey, man, we want to see you around here for a really long time, man. You got to learn how to <laughs> Yeah, <around."> me too. <laughs> and, the guy, and, and that's what Burrow said. He goes, I know. You know, I want to be around for a while too. Um, Andre, you talked about that in our, pre, in, you yep. know, our preseason thing where, where yeah. you, you said that was one of the biggest things. Well, I mean, it's that the, the offensive line is – such a, a wild card in all of this, right? Because he he seems to be, through eight games at least, he seems to be that dude, right? Where you're like, I, I can say this as a lifelong Bengals fan, I haven't felt the way that I feel when Joe Burrow takes the field that we can score or that we can get this third and five. Oh, False start, third and ten. Ah, we can. We, we still. We still might get this, right? Like I haven't had that feeling, probably since the days of Boomer. Like Carson was a really good quarterback. He yeah. really, like he was really talented. But I don't know that I ever felt like we still got this. I don't know, man. Up until up until uh, Kimo Van Olhoffen rolled over his leg for about three straight years there. Now, he was he was he way. was peak he was up in in the conversation with you know the Peyton Mannings uh, of of the world during that time but I still I, I still don't know that I ever felt like we got this like I I was like wow this kid's a, wow okay yeah nice strong arm Ooh, yeah he's making some plays but 
But there is just a feeling that I have with Joe Burrow that I, I just can't, I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you, you know, it's that it that people talk about when they talk about Aaron Rodgers or when they talk about, you know, Ben Roethlisberger or when they talk about Drew Brees it's, or Tom Brady. It's just that factor that you can't quite explain, but that's it. And that's a big difference between him and Carson anyway, because Carson was always known as the quiet guy. Yes. Not a, not a, not a, uh, uh, a team leader with his voice in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And they're saying Burrow comes in and his, his rookie year, he's, he's doing that. I so, mean, he's a, he's a team captain, voted a team captain by his peers as a rookie. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Like, I, there have been a ton of, of talented guys that come into the league. And I'm not talking about just Bengals team captain. Across the league, rookies yeah. just don't get voted team captains. He walked in the door. People were like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, he's the dude. Well, we talked about it in our first podcast, you know, what, eight, nine, ten weeks ago. It, people, the, the, the way the team was talking about him during the during the the work the early workouts the preseason workouts you knew that this dude was different they knew he was different yeah. obviously the only person i feel like uh that that needs to get the that that maybe he doesn't understand so i want to talk about bobby hart and i want to know if this is something that is possible okay so Andre's favorite thing if do you think it's possible? So, so maybe Bobby Hart just doesn't know how bad he is, right? He may not. I think I feel that way. Do you think they could spread, uh, take take uh, uh, Joe Burrow, spread him out wide, or put him as another lineman? I don't know. Spread him out wide. Get him out. Get him away, and take Bobby Hart, put him back in the quarterback position. And don't replace him on the line of scrimmage for two plays, just two plays. And let him get a rusher full speed coming at him, unblocked, and just get smoked twice, just twice. <laughs> unfortunately, we're decimated at the offensive line right now. We, we need Bobby Hart, which is horrible to say. But I feel like that might make him a little bit better. Thoughts? <laughs> So, I'm going to say this. I'm not a Bobby Hart fan. I've never been a Bobby Hart fan. Um, I was shocked when they signed him to a three-year extension. Um, With that being said, Bobby Hart has been okay this season. Look, (laughs) Bobby Hart is not an all-pro. Bobby Hart is not a pro bowler. But Think about the games this year. How many times have you been like, Bobby, what are you doing? Versus versus, versus the right guard position after Xavier Suofilo went in and they put Fred Johnson in and he got ran over like five plays in one game. Right? Yeah. After watching Michael Jordan just get manhandled as, as in the left guard position, after watching – Billy Price come in and fill in and whiff on the very first play that he's in, just completely miss a dude. Or watching Alex Redman jump off sides for the 17th time in <laughs> the first quarter. Like, 
Think of all of those things that have happened. Bobby Hart has been all right. Just tells you how bad our offensive line is when you're I, saying Bobby Hart. I don't Hart's disagree with you. That, that's not that's not the point that we're making here. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. The point is: is Bobby Hart trash or is Bobby Hart okay? Like in the grand scheme of this offensive line, let's say let's say that you had four other offensive linemen that were genuinely solid, maybe even just slightly below Pro Bowl level. Could you work with Bobby Hart as your right tackle? You sure could, because then you chip with a tight end, you chip with a running back, you give him a little help, you slide the line, you slide the coverage just a little bit. You could work with Bobby Hart. He he hasn't. He's he's the whipping boy of the fan base, but in the grand scheme of the first eight games of the season, has Bobby Hart really been your worst offensive lineman? Yeah, I. I don't know, but I think our best offensive lineman is Giovanni Bernard. Uh, <laughs> so speaking yeah. of Fred Johnson, Fred Johnson and Trey Wayne's coronavirus out. Yeah. What did I say? Who did yeah. I say? Yeah, it's Trey, Trey Wayne. Wayne right? uh, Trey yeah. Wayne's ain't coming. I mean, Trey Wayne's gonna be back until December. So, well, either way, what I'm saying is, is we've got we now the Bengals now have COVID entering the locker room. What is your thoughts on the rest of this season? And will we even finish the rest of this NFL season? 100%. Without question. Because, the NFL, because the NFL doesn't care. <laughs> they already added an extra league. They're the one league who was like, uh, we're starting on time. Mm-hmm. And we're playing games. Mm-hmm. So figure it out. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Take yep. a summer a week and then come back. You're fine. Exactly. Now, they may do, you know, some sort of, like, playoff bubble and, you know, whatnot um, in order to guarantee that they get the big money games in. But do I think the NFL will play 16 regular season games? Absolutely. There may be a couple of teams that, you know, play 14 games or 15 games in a, in a season type of deal, and they may need to make some modifications from that standpoint. But, no, one – I 100% believe the NFL will will complete the 17 week NFL season and then figure out the playoffs. Yes, and they'll continue to to make John Gruden pay fifty thousand dollars every game for yes. pulling his mask down. Correct. Yes, every <laughs> week, and he will write it off on the. Yes. <laughs> it all does, it all goes to charity. It yeah, really, absolutely right. Yes, it is literally just not, a tax write off. Exactly. Does it go to does it go to the cure for the coronavirus or like? No, I think I, I believe uh, each player can designate where they want their fee to to go. So I got you. All right. Well, Andre, you have the Bengals going three and five in the uh, last eight games. Chris and I both have them going four and four in the last eight games. Uh, it feels like. Three and five is probably more realistic. Uh, but like I said before, four and four seems because of the competition that they have, very doable. Um, I don't know. Any uh, any any last thoughts on these last eight games? Um, I, so I think in the next eight games, we we got to know – I think before we let – me, let, me, let me back up. Before we started the season, we have really two major questions. 
do we have the quarterback of the future? And do we have the coach of the future? Right? Those are, those are the two things that we needed to find out this year. And I think through the first eight games, it has been abundantly obvious that we have the right quarterback. Joe Burrow, I have zero questions. I have zero doubts. I, I'm good. I think the, the, the second question is, do we have the right coach? And I think these next, eight, these next eight games will really go a long way in determining if that's the truth or not, right? Um, you, can always make, you can always make tweaks. You can always, you know, change out a defensive coordinator, change out a linebacker coach, you know, do some things like that. Fine. Is Zach Taylor the man to lead this organization moving forward? And I think if the Bengals can, you know, come out three and five, four and four, five and three, you know, these next eight games, that'll speak volumes towards, okay, he has the right message. He has the locker room. You know, he, we need more talent. That, that's without question. And we need, you know, you need another pass rusher or two. You need another offensive lineman or two. But, you know, if you look at the last four games, they've averaged 30 or more points per game. He's the, supposed to be the offensive genius. I, I would say the offense is moving in the right direction um you know the big money free agents that you brought in a lot of them are hurt so it's tough to evaluate that um from, from that standpoint but you know we if you have another off season like this off season that's another step in the right direction uh so well i really wanted to feel good if you will that zach taylor is the coach that we want to move forward with uh in the next after the next eight games he's got to mix it up more he's got to mix it up a little bit to keep just a just so burrows isn't being rushed every play every down like just even if we get no yards or one yard on a couple run plays in a drive let we've he's got to run the ball more that's in my personal opinion okay but 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 again what's what's the point of of offense is the all is the point of offense to be balanced or is the point of offense to score points look at Aaron Rod look look hold on let me let me throw out the argument first look at Aaron Rodgers look at the Green Bay Packers for how many years did you not even know who the running back was on their team that goes back to Brett Favre too yeah right but you had no idea who the running back was on that squad they ran the ball sometimes, sure. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm pretty sure you'd be like, Aaron Rodgers on my team? Cool. We're about to go win this game. Or at least we got a damn good shot, right? So does he have to switch it up more? Or do you just want him to win? Okay. So first off, number one, Ron Gant's little brother was the running back, wasn't he? <laughs> was it really? <laughs> No, I think the kid's name was Gant, but I don't, it wasn't Ron Gant. No. <laughs> wasn't it a Gant, though? Wasn't there some dude named Gant? Or Again, I have no idea. Exactly. Anyway, so my point is you're talking about an Aaron Rodgers that was four or five years into the league already. I'm no, talking, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers from the beginning of Aaron Rodgers. Like, again, right, which when, have you ever, which, when have you ever known Aaron Rodgers to have a running back ever? Never. That's not, that's not what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying is by the time he was starting 
that's the way that Green Bay was all, already running, and he was three years behind Brett Favre without seeing a down. Joe Burrow obviously doesn't know how to take a hit yet and doesn't know when to get rid of the ball and doesn't know when to go down. If you got a quarterback and you're, and you're trying to save his life because he doesn't have that down yet, until you can teach him properly, which may take a year or two, to the proper way to slide, the proper way to get rid of the ball, not try to extend a play like you did in college, until you get to that point, you got to find a way to get the ball out of his hands every now and then. And okay. if handing the so, ball off to Joe Mixon is the way to do it, then so so to your to your point, hey, we need to be more balanced and we need to run the ball more often. In in being more balanced and in running the ball more often, that ends up with me finishing, you know, one and seven. Well, hold on, the, that ends up with me finishing one and seven these next eight games. Can I still get it? Can I still coach next year? No, no. The answer would obviously probably be yes because it's Mike Brown but uh, <laughs> however my uh, a big part of of that maybe maybe me saying run the ball isn't exactly the best way maybe it's okay put Joe in shotgun every now and then and hit a couple quick slants hit a couple like don't make him go to a a, a five step drop 70% of the time he drops back. But, but isn't, that, isn't that exactly what they did versus Tennessee, right? Finally. That is, that is exactly what they said was, okay, here's what we need to do. we got to get the ball out quicker. Seven games? We, we got – yeah, but but I come in with, a, with, with an idea of this is what I want to do. I've got full faith – I don't know why, but I've got full faith in my offensive line that they're going to be better from last year and we're going <laughs> to be able to protect Joe Burrow and move forward. My offensive line has told me so. My offensive line coach has told me so. So I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, I'm with it. Let's do it. And up until <laughs> that, really up until that Baltimore game, yes, Miles Gary had a couple of hits. Yes, Philadelphia's defensive line had a couple of hits where you're like, ooh, that was bad. But, like, up until that Baltimore game, it was like, yeah, hey, we can kind of figure this out. It's kind of manageable. Then Baltimore came and just absolutely destroyed them. But from that point moving forward, they've changed. They've, they've changed their scheme. They've changed their, the offensive front. They've changed getting the ball out of my man's hands as quickly as they have. The next test comes Sunday because you know Pittsburgh's front seven is nasty. You know they're coming after Joe Burrow with guns blazing. What do you do schematically? And what do you do as Joe Burrow, who has seen a pass rush that just absolutely destroyed a game plan, what do you do differently to mitigate that? As a coach, what do you do as a coach? Which to me, if you're coming in a game against a team like Baltimore and they are blitzing the brakes off of you and they are hitting you on or hurrying you or rushing you or in your face on literally every time you drop back. Yep. And then you come out at halftime – and you're still having Joe Burrow make a five-step drop for 70% of the plays in the second half. Why? It doesn't make a lick of sense. It did So if you can't do it in one game, if you can't – the best coaches in my mind are not coaches that come in with the right game plan. They're the coaches that come in with a game plan and are smart enough to scrap it at halftime and come out and change it and be able to change it and have 
have the confidence and have the, the work put in for your team that they can run a new game plan at halftime. It, but he doesn't do it. He sticks with the exact same thing for the whole game. When he played Tennessee. I don't, that, I don't know that that's true. I think the, that Baltimore game, he got, his, he got his butt handed to him, right? I mean, go look at, look at the Tampa Bay versus uh, New Orleans Saints game this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we all believe Bruce Arians is a pretty good coach. They got smacked. And it didn't matter what Bruce Arians did the first half. It didn't matter what speech he gave. He gave the Hoosier speech at halftime, and he still got smacked in the second half. It just didn't matter, right? You have where you just get your butt kicked. It's about what do you do when you have the next opportunity to make a change. The next opportunity genuinely comes this Sunday because you know that front seven is coming for Joe Burrow. Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians has the last two times that he's played New Orleans, he has not learned a thing because he continues to play zone. And you've got a Drew Brees, a quarterback in Drew Brees, whose arm is not the same as it once was. And, but if you play zone, he's going to pick you apart. And he did it for eight quarters the last two times he's played Tampa Bay. So, no, Bruce Arians, in my mind, just as bad as Zach Taylor in that case. Get your head on straight. Scrap, a, scrap, scrap whatever you got. Realize what's going on. I'll take Bruce Arians over Zach Taylor any day. I'm just saying. In a heartbeat, especially the way he's doing this thing with uh, with Tom Brady right now. Is this not great? Yes. Kind like of he's just ripping Tom Brady in the, in the media. And I love it. <laughs> it's, and, but I don't think it's necessarily done to piss off Brady or anything. I, I, I think he's doing this to show the rest of his team that Tom Brady is just another player. Yes. Right? And he yes. has to go over and above to show it. But I bet he's already sat down with Brady and been like, listen, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to say some things. But the team needs to look at you when it's, you know, third. They can't look at you in awe. They got to be yeah. like, he's, he's one of us. Come on. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I believe that's, that's why I think Bruce Arians is an extremely smart guy and a good coach. But and he wears really cool hats. Absolutely. Any, any, any grown man who wears a Kango on the sideline is all right with me. I love that. I love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's cool. That's a, that's a page out of your book, ain't it? You Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can bust out a Kango, take it. Wearing the Kango and, and drinking wine like we have seen you do throughout this uh, episode so far brings me to the very last thing before we let you go. You don't strike me as a guy that drinks pop soda. Do you? Not often, but yes. Okay. So – once we uh, let you go to bed, Chris and I are going to get into a new segment that we've been doing, uh, the Mount Rushmore. We're doing a Mount Rushmore of something every week now. Okay. okay. So we are doing, this week we are doing pop. Okay. So, real quick, your Mount Rushmore of soda. So four? Or just Or just beverages. Yep, four. Four sodas. Uh, Mountain Dew. I mean, it can't, be, it can't be a Mount Rushmore without Mountain Dew. Let's start there. Could disagree. Um, regular Pepsi. Cherry Coke. Mm. You know, Sprite. 
I, the reason why I say, and the reason why I say Sprite, because everybody's going to be like, Sprite, come on, man. Why are you drinking Sprite? Ah, come on. No, no. Sprite is a very good mixer for most alcoholic beverages. <laughs> I have Sprite, the uh, spoiler alert, I have Sprite on there for the exact reason. For that exact reason. Spoiler, spoiler alert, I have Sprite on mine just for pure Sprite. <laughs> uh, you also You also can tell that Andre is a Frisch's kind of guy, right? Yes, sir. there's nobody, nobody in the world except for Cincinnatians know what real Cherry Coke is. Yes, sir. you are a Frisch's person. Thanks, Trey. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it has to be crushed ice too, right? Oh, uh, without question. I'm going to tell you right now, if you get the – Coke has a Cherry Coke and a Cherry Coke Zero. Sure. Not the same. No. Not the same, not the same. as the old – before they went to Pepsi – they used to have just the cherry flavoring they put in their Coke. No, there's no, no, diff, no better, no better. Yeah, I, that, that is 100% the truth. Every once in a while, I can, I can say this, every once in a while, you get somebody who gets slightly overzealous with the cherry, uh-huh. like you drink it, and it almost tastes like Robitussin, and you're like, you went too far. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to bring me a regular Coke, and I'm going to need you to bring me a side of the cherry juice, and then I'll just add it myself. <laughs> Take care of me. I got this. I got I this. asked for a Coca-Cola cherry juice. I asked for a <laughs> cherry Coke. Correct. <laughs> uh, uh, Andre, thank you for launching us into our next part of the podcast. Thank you for your information, as always, on the Bengals, your insight on that, and, uh, and for, for being a very kind person and sacrificing sleep. Uh, to make us happy. I hope this it's not. This is way, not. way, way too much fun, man. It's way too much fun. Plus, I cannot wait to hear one of you songbirds <laughs> bust out something. I'm just saying, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait too, because it's not going to be me. I should. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you here in about uh, in about eight weeks. Yes, sir. We'll be. I can't wait to listen to your pipes. <laughs> I I'm really not even want, worried about it. I'm not even worried about it. I want Andre oh, so bad because he's the only legitimate singer between the three. <laughs> but, yeah, I know he's not going to. It's he's, gonna be great. I can't wait. We're doing this every year until we get him to sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I'm gonna get at you. Thank you. Good day. See you. Andre Edwards, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you that is always one of my, this is my favorite pod. My favorite podcasts are when we have guests and he is without a doubt, one of my favorites. Easily, easily. I'll even go uh, so far as to say he is my absolute favorite because we have a, we have a ton of fun with him. Yeah. Yeah. Andre is good. As always, and uh, that that is going to bring us right into our next segment, which is the Mount Rushmore. And uh, you chose last week to do sodas, pops, whatever you want to call it. We already kind of gave part of uh, part of ours. Andre gave us his. Uh, go ahead, Chris. You've got Sprite, and what other three? <laughs> okay, so here's here's the deal. Is I need a, I need to ask a question. Is this the Mount, our Mount Rushmore, our personal favorites, or is this uh, just what we think would be on the Mount Rushmore of pop? Our personal favorites. 
Okay, because I had Dr. Pepper on there, and that's a big old giant scratch out now because Dr. Pepper is the grossest pop, second grossest, only behind root beer. The two <laughs> nastiest things I've ever put in my mouth. Um, so now I'm, I'm in a little bit of a debate here, right? So I've got Sprite. We already said that. And I'll go ahead out there and say that I have Mountain Dew on my Mount Rushmore just like Andre does as well. Taking Dr. Pepper off opens me up a little bit. It, it begs me to, to, to have the question, if I use the word Coke, does that just entail Coke? Or is that, as we all know, my house always has like seven 12-packs of Coke Zero in it at all times. I was going to say, Coke Zero has to be on your list. I have had Coke Zero on this podcast look at my eyeball right now i don't i can't even i don't even know why it does that i don't know why it's half closed all the time i'm opening my eyes completely normal and it looks like somebody punched me in the face and i got a like a fat lip under my eye anyway um so what i what i what i decided um is that i'm going to go sprite mountain dew coke zero and coke Okay. That was so funny when you were, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you got to find the YouTube uh, episode and uh, watch because it was so funny when you blinked while you're holding your eyes open. That was very funny. Uh, all right. I'm not self-conscious about a lot, right? I walk around butt naked with every little thing hanging out. It don't bother me, but this eyeball thing has been bugging me for years. And we did the zoom call and I put it on the, the dual view. When, when we got somebody else on, I do the grid view so I can see everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm way bigger, and I can see my eyeball being shut way better. So I need to go back to speaker view so I'm not looking at myself. All right. So I'm, I've, I was fairly excited about this one to begin with. But then after you started saying yours, and it began your explanation of how you did yours and, and how you needed to change it, I got way more excited. Because number one, root beer. Number two, yep. Dr. Pepper. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> number three, Sprite. And number four, I had a very hard time with. Now, here's the thing. When I say root beer, root beer is my favorite, my favorite pop, okay? Barks, barks. It's got to be Barks, right? It's 100% A&W root beer. Oh, you're A&W. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm making that specifically A&W root beer. And then I'm going Dr. Pepper Sprite. And then I, I said Barks root beer as my fourth. If you don't allow me that, I would have to choose between like Sierra Mist. I did, I did put vanilla or cherry Coke. Uh, so a Coke with a flavoring. I'm, I don't like Coke very much. And I don't like Pepsi at all. Um, I, I don't drink very much pop anymore because it just feels so heavy. Just I, I went for a long time. I drank tons of pop when I was younger. And then I cut it completely off cold turkey at one point and went a long time without drinking any. And then when I started like drinking it a little bit again, it just felt like, oh my gosh, it just felt like drinking straight syrup. So I like it more. I like it again a little more now because it's been years since I started kind of drinking a little bit again. But anyway, I, orange, 
orange pop, almost any like orange crush or something like that. Once in a while, an orange pop, man, mm, mm, that'll hit the spot. Uh. Uh, so between Sierra Mist, orange crush or whatever, and then maybe like a vanilla or a cherry Coke. All right. So I got to say Pepsi is one of my, is one of my, um, oh, I don't know what the word is. Something that I do when I, I get cravings for Pepsi. All right. Like sometimes Coke gets a little too carbonated. I need something a little flat with a little bit more sweet on the backside of it. I enjoy a Pepsi Cola in a can. Okay. I enjoy a can of Pepsi Cola. So I kind of had Pepsi up there. However, orange, orange was my next. If I had to decide between the two though, I would go with Great Pop. That's my all-time favorite. Great? Great Pop. You crack that thing open. Oh, and it smells like Welch's grape jelly throughout your house just for that <laughs> split second when you open that thing. Your burps smell like jelly. Oh, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like jelly and pop. I don't know. That, that kind of grosses mm. me. I'll tell you what. One thing. So you and Andre both had Mountain Dew on yours mountain dew one of the worst most disgusting beverages i think mountain dew is terrible oh, oh man oh wow were you a jolt cola kind of guy no <laughs> i think i had a few surges or something like that back in the day but uh no i just i i don't know man mountain dew is just not good to me for some reason but uh <clears throat> anyway so all right so that was fun so I've got to pick a Mount Rushmore for next week to do. Um, I narrowed it down. Neither of these are like super exciting things, but it might be fun to get into them. I think I narrowed it down to two. So can I give you the two and let, let you choose between those two? Or do I absolutely just have to pick one? I, I'll choose if you want me to. All right. So it's between all-time quarterbacks and all-time shortstops. Shortstops. Let's do shortstops. Gee, a life a lifelong baseball guy shows short stops. Definitely not doing quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, quarterbacks might be kind of fun. Like I'm not I'm not a huge football guy, uh, so I, I don't know nearly as much about the history as I would about basketball or baseball. But um, you know the the Montanas, Elways, Brady's, Mannings. I mean, you know who's probably the top five or six guys. And then you start thinking about some of the Johnny Unitas and maybe Fran Tarkenden or a couple of those guys. And those are the ones I would have to go back and look at numbers and that kind of stuff. But I thought that might, might be kind of fun, especially for the last, like the last one or two spots maybe. But uh, Hey, we've got the rest of our lives to get the quarterbacks on the Mount Rushmore segment. So I'm excited about shortstops. Let's do shortstops. Shortstops. It is. I love shortstops makes me happy. All right. Shortstops speak. You know what? Uh, speaking of doing a Mount Rushmore of a baseball position, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Congratulations is in order for the Reds ace, which is hard to be a Reds ace considering they have three of them. Yeah. Mr. Trevor Bauer wins a Cy Young, the first ever Red to win a Cy Young. That's pretty impressive. Yes, sir. 
Yes, that's, uh, it's very exciting. It's really exciting when you have, and I know this, the season didn't end the way they wanted it to, but it's always really exciting to me when any Reds player, no matter how their season went, is even in the conversation as a finalist for an award. Uh, yeah. We're excited. We talked last week about Tucker Barnhart winning the Gold Glove Award. Uh, Shogo Akiyama was nominated as a finalist in the outfield. Um, and then, you know, we had Trevor Bauer, and we had a really good feeling that Trevor Bauer was going to win this award. Just, I mean, just an so, so, so impressive. And especially the last few weeks, the last two, three, four weeks, uh, four or five starts that he had were just outstanding. And he kind of ran away with it uh, yep. at the end of the season there. But uh, we, we call that out specifically because Trevor Bauer winning this, the National League Cy Young Award means that Jacob DeGrom did not, which is who I predicted in the beginning of the baseball season, would. And uh, so we now have our, all of our picks finalized and everything's finished. So because of our basketball and baseball seasons combined, our bet on that, Christopher James Witt, sorry for giving out your full name to the world, um, but you're going to need it because you're going to get discovered next week. This is your big stand-up comedy debut. People, if you're listening to this, I'm telling you, if it's your first time ever listening to this podcast or stumble upon it on YouTube or whatever, make sure, if, if you never watch or listen to another episode of this again, make sure you check out next week. Chris Witt has, it's only 60 seconds, 60 seconds. If you think about it in seconds, does that help? Does 60 seconds sounds better than one minute to you? No, one minute sounds way better than 60 seconds. <laughs> All right. So Chris has 60 really long seconds of stand-up comedy uh, to do. I'm, my microphone's going to be on mute, so he's not going to know whether I, he'll be able to see me uh, if I'm laughing or not. Uh, but if I choose to keep a, a stone face, no matter how funny it is, Oh, boy, does that put the pressure on the old boy? So, Chris, uh, tell me how you feel going into your, uh, to your stand-up comedy debut next week. I've, I've been preparing. Uh, I've, I've been writing down some ideas here over the past few weeks because I had a pretty good idea that this was going to happen. Um, that being said, I find knowing, knowing that as of what was it, two weeks ago that it was going to be me doing this, we just didn't know if it was going to be one or three minutes uh, until right before we came on air today. Uh, I narrowed it down to, to one joke because it's a minute. I mean, it's pretty much just got to – I just got to get one joke and perfect it within a week. So, I think I think I got one. Um, it might change. I, I, I'm trying to keep it clean. A lot of the stuff that if I was a comedian would not be um, – would not be rated the way that we like to do this podcast halfway, you know, pretty clean when it comes to the way we do this podcast. I would use a lot of uh, profanity more than likely talk about a lot of raunchy things, but I think I've got a joke that's clean, funny, and would make, uh, and, and, and could, could be good for everybody if I can figure out how to tell it correctly. Now, look, you're right. We normally do try to keep this fairly PG um, or at least PG-13 sometimes. But, uh, you know, we can always make a disclaimer ahead of time. We can mark it as explicit content. You, you do what you would need to do. Nope. I mean, the idea would nope. be as funny as possible. So no, I, I, I know that. And, and down the line, I got a feeling like this, this bet might come back up again. So 
maybe down the line we'll do that. For the first one, I would like to keep it clean. I'm going to keep it clean. Uh, I'm going to give this a try. I've never – so I like to think that I'm a funny guy, right? It can be pretty funny. My problem is I'm terrible at telling stories. So I got to figure out a way to do – like my, my timing's never there. Like at the end of the story, I just – it's just over. And it's like, oh, that wasn't as, as good as I thought that story was, was it? So I got to figure out – I got to figure out the timing and the cadence like you always talk about when we get into these specials. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Right on. I'm, oh, man, am I excited about this. Oh, my gosh, am I excited. Okay. That makes one of us. <laughs> okay. So, uh, look, let's jump in really quick. So, before we get into our last thing, uh, we are going to do our NFL picks like we do every week. And uh, so, last week was week nine. Uh, we stayed even again. Um, I went one and two. You went one and two. So I'm ten and fourteen on the year. You're nine and fifteen. Still only a game apart. So we go into week ten here. Uh, would you like to do the honors, or would you like me to go first? Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'd be happy to do the honors for you there, uh, Mr. Schmidt. Without a doubt. Um, let's see here. So. What I'll do is I'll go to the NFL and uh, take a look at this bad boy and see what we got. So this is going to be a little tough because we do these we do these on Wednesday night when we do the podcast off ESPN's app, the spread on ESPN's app. And uh, there's a lot of COVID, corona going on. Um, and I'm not really sure what's going on with this Arizona Cardinals uh, Buffalo Bills game. We're going to call that off the map. We're not allowed picking that game. Because for some reason, they've got it like a money line where they're calling it minus 130 where everything else is a spread. So I don't, I don't know what that's all about. And Arizona would not be minus 13, so it's not like they just missed a number in there. It would be Buffalo, I would think. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So that being said, let's jump into this. I am going to start this off by taking the Tennessee – no, I take that back. The – uh, Houston Texans in Cleveland, plus three, taking a dog to start off. It's been a whole lot of favorites winning. They've got Cleveland as a three-point favorite. I am taking Houston, uh, and I think Baker Mayfield goes down. Next game that I am going to go with is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus five and a half against the Panthers. I think Tom Brady comes back and these Buccaneers come back after the loss to New Orleans and cover the five and a half that they are down in that game, which brings me to the last game, which I'm going to take the Saints, who I think go on a little bit of a run coming off of that Tampa Bay game. They are favored by nine and a half, and they're going to squeak one by uh, and win by 10. Okay. All right. <clears throat> So I have – all right, I'm going to start with Jacksonville at Green Bay. Green Bay is a hefty 13-and-a-half point favorite at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm Jaguars. Green Bay. Yep, taking Green Bay in that one. 
Uh, I don't blame you there because the Bengals beat them by 11, so I'm sure Green Bay will beat them by 13. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's at Chicago. Minnesota is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Chicago. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears. Excuse me, the Bears. The Bears. Now, my last one I had was – and I, I want to uh, make sure everybody understands that this is how old I'm getting – my eyeballs don't work like they used to. So I was looking at it, and I even asked you about this before when I was looking at it. I'm like, it looks like this says minus 130 in this Buffalo-Arizona game. And I'm like, no, nah, there's no way. I'm just, I'm just not seeing the decimal in there. It's got to be 13, which still looks weird to me. But if, if Arizona's favored by 13, I have to take Buffalo on that. That's a no-brainer. You're right. You looked at it. I'm glad you looked at it with your eyeballs because you have contacts in yours. And uh, so you can actually see uh, so it is a money line. So I am going to cross that one out. And I'm going to do my best Chris Witt impression and pick on the fly. And I am going to take the – I'm going to take the Seahawks or – at the LA Rams and the Rams are favored by a point and a half. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, that's a good one. I also like, I also like the Ravens minus seven against Patriots. I think the Ravens could easily clean that up, but I'm not taking that. And neither are you because you already took the Seahawks. So right. looks good. Last week was a rough week for a lot of teams. Last week was like, uh, there was a few underdogs that nobody thought was going to win the game or come close. It was pretty bad. Yep. So, all right. So that's the NFL picks. We will now go on to what is my favorite segment of the week. It is time for the comedy special. And I have been on a downward slide on choosing comedy specials lately. I'm pretty sure I've only had one out of like the last five that were any good. This time I went a little old school, took one from a little while ago, and we did Adam Sandler, uh, his latest special, which was like two years ago or something, I think, 2000, uh, maybe 16, I don't know. 18. Anyway, 18, we did Adam Sandler. So, that being said, would you like to start it off and tell us what you thought about Adam Sandler? Sure. Uh, this one, so I, you know, Probably I, I was probably going to be biased anyway uh, because I've been a big Adam Sandler fan for uh, a few decades, probably two two decades at least. Um, and so I, I I thought I was already going to like it. This was a really cool thing because it was like it was a stand up special. He did stand up comedy, but it was like a variety show, and it was he did a lot of songs, a ton of songs, and mm -hmm. it remind me. And I think you mentioned this last week. Um, his his albums he did early in his career yep. those were so funny. He did songs, he did skits, um, and, and he didn't really do much stand up at all on those things. It was pretty much all songs and skits. And so he brought some of that. He didn't do any skits or sketches or anything like that in this, but he did a lot of songs. And uh, some of them were like you know twenty or thirty seconds. Some of them were two or three minutes. Uh, but most of them were pretty short and they were, they were mostly pretty funny. There were, there were a few in there that were like, yeah, okay. You wasted your time on that one, man. But, um, 
I mean, there were a lot of good ones. Uh, Grandma's Roommate, <laughs> that's a <laughs> song. The hit ends with uh, Death Pillow Over Your Face made me laugh really hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Oh No song that ended with Mom's <laughs> the mom, mom's friend's son moved to Hollywood and I, I have to help him or something like that. Uh, Daddy Shaved His Beard Today song. Mm-hmm. Um, which you probably experienced, haven't you? Yes, we've talked about it before. We've talked about that same thing, and it's exactly me. I got no lip, no chin, <laughs> small little teeth. Daddy needs to get his beard back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Uber driver smells bad was, was okay. All-time favorite. That was my favorite on the whole thing. The Uber, Uber driver rap, I cracked up on. <laughs> the candy song wasn't bad, I thought. We all know a guy song was really funny to me. I Hilarious too. We all know a guy that almost made it. Uh, there, there was a bunch of really good. We all know a guy that. Yeah, those were really good. The, I had the hero song written down. The bar mitzvah boy song. Um, the <laughs> the story he told about uh, how his you know his kids they get a letter home all the time about you know whatever. Ter- Tuesday and Thirsty Thursday and oh you just come you know help your kid hang up his coat or something like that. <laughs> fill his water bottle up yeah 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 he's like what and he said my dad came to school one time in my whole school career it was during a test I shouldn't be saying the whole joke but who cares yeah, he walked into the classroom and said where's the rake <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I hung it on the nail. <laughs> you hang it on the nail? I think. You think? <laughs> Go home and find a rake. I'm in the middle of a test. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. Um, so, and then my favorite, uh, oh, uh, yeah, like kind of my three favorite songs. Uh, the, the Grow Old With You song was really nice to his wife at the end. The Phone Wallet Keys, I think, was my favorite of all the other kind of regular kind of comedy songs, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Phone Wallet Keys, I love. And then my favorite part of the entire thing uh, wasn't even, I mean, it was, there were some funny parts, but the Chris Farley song, right? I mean, that's there's part of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, there is nothing better than that Chris Farley song that he, uh, he's ever done. It's hilarious. It'll make you tear up. You'll realize how close of friends those dudes were how much they, how much he really did like him. And, and uh, yeah, it's, that's the cool, that's the best way you can end a special too. Yeah. And he did a great job. And then in the, you know, what made it, you know, the, the video that they showed all the pictures exactly. videos and stuff that they showed in the background that really sold it. That was that set, put it over the top. And I, I told you, um, you know, this is, pro- this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've watched this. And uh, I, I, I get, I well up a little bit every time that, Farley song comes on and then he uh, probably within a uh, couple of months after this came out, Adam Sandler hosted Saturday Night Live and did that song, did the Farley song on Saturday Night Live, which was even more special because that's where they met and became friends and all that good stuff. Uh, So that was really, really cool. But yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was really funny. I loved him in that environment. I loved the change of pace from him. He's a movie machine the guy puts out so many movies and he's put out so many movies he's got some bad ones he's got plenty of bad ones in there and plenty of really good ones and some in between ones um but this was just fun to see him in this setting doing some stuff that he did early in his career 
And his element. This is his element. Yeah, you can tell he loves it, right? So for me, I gave it a 4.2. And uh, I, 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 I didn't mean to steal all the thunder there. I didn't mean to list everything he said. I didn't want to take no. anything away from you. But I just wrote a lot of stuff down. For the first time in a while on a special, I got excited and just. Well, you watched it. You watched it a few times, so you kind of had ideas of what was coming, so you were able to write down. So I didn't write nearly as much stuff down, but as you said in the beginning, I feel like I was going into this slightly biased because when he started the Happy Gilmore, the Water Boy, the um, uh, Billy Madison, especially Billy Madison, probably my favorite of all his movies. When those kind of all started coming out, I could not go without buying when they had a DVD club. Do you remember DVD clubs? They used to have DVD clubs. I they're like you get 10 DVDs for a dollar a piece, and then it's like five dollars a month after that, and you can then we'll send you a DVD. For years I had that and I would always I never canceled the DVD, so I always had to put return to sender on it and send it back in the mail. Anyway uh of the 10 dvds i chose i think seven of them or six of them were adam sandler movies so i adam sandler was i was totally biased uh there was no toll booth willie or anything like that which was kind of a bummer because i always loved those on the old albums and the the skits he would do uh but all that stuff without a doubt i mean the ones i had that the kids only got one line in the play was a funny song to me having a kid knowing that I just don't want to stay for this. I guess, but seriously, it's in the first five minutes of play. I got to stay for this whole thing. Uh, we all know a guy, the Uber driver rap was good. My fa- One of my favorite things though, that he said, because it kind of struck me because he said something about, you know, when you're playing miniature golf with your daughter and you're on the 18 pole and you're tied. <laughs> and I immediately started cracking up right there. I just started laughing. He goes, he goes, in her backswing, you just whisper in her ear. You know, I teabagged your mom last night. <laughs> and then she sinks the putt and looks at him and goes, yeah, I know, I saw. <laughs> I did. I laughed very hard at that. That is so clutch. <laughs> there, there, she's, she doesn't feel pressure or something like that. Oh, I was laughing so hard. That is it. That part. That's a very well-written joke. That's right. Yes, it was. So, uh, all that being said, I gave him a 4.5. Wow, I love it. I love it. Part of that's probably biased because it wasn't like it was – I mean, it was an hour and a half, and it wasn't like it was the whole thing was phenomenal. I like the way he did it, though, because he'd be in a song, and they would go from, like, place to place to place that he was doing these in, small comedy places – big amphitheaters stadiums it looked like in a couple of them like they would go back and forth between all the places he was at Mm -hmm. and in the middle of the jokes they were doing it like it was really really cool the way they did that i'm sure it's convenient too for them to do that because he he went on tour and did so many nights and they that's how they you know so i'm sure he did the jokes better some nights than he did other nights so Definitely. You have all that stuff to choose from. You, you, have, you have the same joke and you have 50 nights, 50, 50 of the same joke, and you get to choose between, you know, choose the best one. Yeah. From each Although one. they did screw, they did have the one joke where they did have the one song where the first the piano player screwed the song up. 
and then he just restarted and then he told him that he needed to apologize and then Adam Sandler started and immediately screwed up. <laughs> so and he said, that's okay. That's why we can, we can cut this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one, 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 pop, one pop I forgot to mention. I wrote down RC Cola. Did you? Yeah. I don't, that just kind of popped in as I saw it sitting on my notepad here next to I'm biased. You enjoy an RC Cola? Absolutely. It's probably been uh, probably been about 30 years since I've had an RC Cola. A good Royal Crown, whenever I can get my hands on one, I'm up for. Anyway, back to what you were saying. Yeah, no, um, I guess if, yeah, if we're bringing up, if we're bringing those pops up, uh, also on my list probably would be uh, Fago uh, hey. Diet Cream Soda, Fago Diet Cream Soda. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, tangerine Fanta, I would say, is probably up there. Hold uh, on, hold on. Are you are you right now, or is there really a Tangerine Fanta? <laughs> no, it's from a it's from like my favorite scene from a show Baskets that Zach Galifianakis started. Really <laughs> funny, obscure pops in a drive-through, and they didn't have any of them. Obviously, it was I'm really weird. One day. Do you guys have Tab Cola? Yeah. No, sir, we don't. But Royal Crown. Yeah. Narski, yeah. Fago. I'm writing these down because I'm doing that. I, I've watched that. So the, the show Baskets, I'll do this quick, was a show on FX uh, five, six years ago or something like that, starring Zach Kalifanakis. And that was my favorite scene from, I think he did two, two or three seasons. My favorite scene of any of the seasons and I've, I've rewatched that scene probably 25 times, and it's super funny. And since we did this Mount Rushmore of Pops, and I think, like, thinking about obscure Pops, uh, like, off-the-wall ridiculous sodas is funny to me for some reason. So I'm going to find that and send that to you uh, so you can enjoy that scene. Yes, I would love that. I would love that. All right. Um, now, so we were talking about how we both enjoyed the kind of flipping, flipping around uh, the different venues that, that Adam Sandler did in 100% uh, Fresh. Now, the, I'm going to choose the, not because I'm taking initiative here, just because it's my turn, uh, <laughs> the comedy segment for next week. I'm choosing a guy that I don't know anything about, and I'm excited about that. Okay. The last, almost all of them that we've done, I was familiar with going into it, and I'm kind of excited to do this. So it, the guy's name is Ted Alexandro, all right? It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. He released a special. It's called Cut Up. It's C-U-T slash U-P. Ted Alexandro Cut Up on YouTube. It was released, I want to say, September, so like a couple, about two months ago. So it's very new. Um, and from what I've read, I read a little tiny snippet about it, and it was, uh, it said that it was uh, like taken from several different nights and kind of combined together from different venues. So kind of the same idea. Um, I don't think Ted Alexandro was doing any theaters or stadiums or anything that Adam Sandler could do. Uh, so I think these are like, I, I think I saw the comedy seller was in there. So this must be a, a New York comic. Um, so all the, all the places up there that, um, are the big popular comedy places. I'm sure, uh, we'll see, we'll see some familiar backgrounds here. So that's the one Ted Alexandro will be that. 
we'll do uh, next week, we will do the Mount Rushmore of shortstops. Uh, we will have the, the highlight will be the Chris Witt, 60 of the longest seconds of his life, stand-up comedy. Uh, we may get in a little bit to the uh, NBA since they did agree officially to when the season will start. And I feel mm-hmm. spoiled because it's like, it's like six weeks away. It ju- I feel like the Lakers won this championship last night. And in six weeks, the new season starts up. I'm so How great is that for you? You love every second of it. I'm loving it. Um, so we've got, uh, we've got plenty to, to go into next week with. Um, I saw another Greg Maddox stat today that blew my mind that I don't remember if I ever saw before. So maybe I'll save that for next week. Um, It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It doesn't tie into anything we're doing. I just, we talked about this before. I love those crazy Greg Maddox and Tony Gwynn has a lot of them. Those things you see once in a while and you're like, what? That can't be right. I'm going to bring that to the table next week. Uh, and we'll have plenty more, I'm sure, by then. I totally love it, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm really excited about the shortstops, too. So, uh, all right, man. So, with that being said, I guess then uh, we just move on to next week. And I'm going to sweat every night thinking about how I'm going to tell this joke. And then I'll probably say it so fast that it'll be like 30 seconds, and I'm going to have to figure out what to do after that, too. So, I might write this thing out and say it like 15 times just to make sure I got it right. Man, if I had to do this, I would probably take a week of vacation from work and just, <laughs> just oh, I'm Adam Schmidt the hell out of this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just stand in front of the mirror all day long and keep going. Anyway, no, there's nothing to worry about. It's one minute. Doesn't mean anything. Totally easy. I'm going to set you up by saying that. And then every day until then, I'm going to send you horror stories that I find on the internet from people doing their first time of stand-up comedy and it going horribly wrong. Can't wait. (laughs) Sounds great. All right. So till then, don't forget to turn your headlights on.